Well, if you are wondering about some of those weird words that uh, we we said in the Apostles' Creed and and the Lord's Prayer, you can look at last week's message uh, as it explains uh, some of them. And and we continue on with uh, our series on the weird words that Christians use. And this is Halloween, and, and many of the words that Christians use Christians use sound like we're talking about Halloween. Things like Holy Ghost, Spirit-filled, dry bones rattling, resurrection of the body from the grave, not to mention devils and demons and hell. Spooky stuff. Where most of the weird words probably just confuse people and maybe even turn them away from Christianity, uh, perhaps these words might actually attract others to us Christians. I recently read that Halloween is America's third favorite holiday after Christmas and Thanksgiving. And for those who are, are 30 and less, it rises to number two. It pushes out Thanksgiving. People love Halloween. Americans are expected to spend $10.1 billion on Halloween this year. Three billion of it on candy, another three and a half billion of it on costumes. We love our Halloween. But while people might want to hear ghost stories and and decorate with skeletons and dress up as zombies, that's not exactly what we're talking about as Christians. Take the Holy Ghost, for example. I had a, a person talk with me who was very confused. She thought there were two other parts to the Holy Trinity besides God the Father and Jesus Christ. She thought there was the Holy Spirit and there was also the Holy Ghost. And in her mind, the Holy Ghost was was sort of like a cross between Jesus and Casper the Friendly Ghost. God in a bedsheet, so to speak. And imagine her relief when I explained to her that the word ghost is just the old King James version of the Bible way of saying spirit. The Holy Ghost isn't God in a bed sheet, it just means the Holy Spirit. You may recall how how Jesus gives the Holy Spirit um, after the resurrection in John chapter 20, but listen to how, how that's described in the King James Version. Then the same day at evening, being the first day of the week, when the doors were shut where the disciples were assembled for fear of the Jews, came Jesus and stood in the midst and said unto them, Peace be unto you. And when he had so said, he shewed unto them his hands and his side. Then were the disciples glad when they saw the Lord. Then the Lord said to them again, Peace be unto you. As thy Father hath sent me, even so I send you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and saith unto them, Receive ye the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost isn't a Halloween item. It simply means the Holy Spirit. Of course, that's kind of a weird word too, don't you think? Especially when we Christians talk about being filled with the Holy Spirit. (coughs) Excuse me. Ephesians 5 says, Don't be drunk with wine because that will ruin your life. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit. And Jesus says in in John chapter 14, 
And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever, the Spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him or knows him, but you know him, for he lives with you and will be in you. <coughs> now that sounds a little scary, doesn't it? Sort of like a horror movie. I'm, I'm sorry, Captain, but we believe he has an alien living inside of him. Or maybe uh, like a possession, <coughs> like the old exorcist movies. And in a way, it's kind of like both of those, but, it, but it's far from a horror show. In the horror movies, the alien or demon takes possession of somebody's body to do them harm, and they have no control over it. But the Holy Spirit is not like that. When we're filled with the Holy Spirit, or when we have Jesus in our hearts, which is another weird thing that Christians say, it means that we have the very love, joy, and peace of God overflowing in our lives. It means we are never far from Jesus because Jesus is as close as our own heart. It means that, that even though we don't know how to connect with God, God's very spirit does it for us. A little bit further in that chapter in John 14, Jesus says, But the Advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything that I've said to you. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. Being filled with the Holy Spirit is not something to fear. It's a, it's a blessing. Paul says in Romans 8, 26, Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness, for we don't know how we ought to pray as we ought, but the Spirit himself intercedes with us with sighs too deep for words. Being filled with the Spirit is not having an, an alien inside of you that's going to burst out and kill you. It's having the love of God inside of you that bursts out into life. Romans 8 also says, But if Christ is in you, even though your body is subject to death because of sin, the Spirit gives life because of righteousness. Righteousness is another weird word. We'll, we'll cover that next week. It goes on, And if the Spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will give life to your mortal bodies because of his Spirit who lives in you. Oh man, it just keeps getting weirder, doesn't it? Now we're talking about the dead living. People coming out of the grave, it's, it sounds like zombies. Did you ever pay attention to the crucifixion account in Matthew 27? Let me read it to you. It sounds like something uh, that might happen on Halloween, but it really happens on Good Friday. And when Jesus had cried out again in a loud voice, he gave up his spirit. At the moment the curtain of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom, the earth shook, the rocks split, and the tombs broke open. The bodies of many holy people who had died were raised to life. They came out of the tomb after Jesus' resurrection and went into the holy, holy city and appeared to many people. Now there's a, a Hollywood picture if there ever was one. The earth shakes, the rocks 
crack, the tombs break open, and dead bodies are raised to life. And that must have scared everyone to death. Except those bodies weren't zombies. They weren't brain-eating monsters with all the IQ of a donut hole. Those, those were, were people in resurrected bodies better than before. And that's what Jesus promises us. If you want to be a zombie, go get a Halloween costume. But if, if you want to get a new life, go get Jesus. He who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies because of the Spirit who lives in you. See, that's the Christian promise, the resurrection of the dead. It's not that we become ghosts after we die and haunt our old houses. It's not even that we become spirits or angels that float around on the cloud for all eternity. It's that in the end, God will restore all things. There'll be a new heaven and a new earth, and we will be there in resurrected bodies. Now, of course, that always brings up the question, well, but what if something happened to my body so it's no longer there? What, like, what if I was eaten by a wild animal? Or, or what if I died in an explosion? What about cremation? Is that okay? And what if I don't want my old body back? Well, the, the Bible has some answers to those questions in 1 Corinthians 15. But someone will ask, how are the dead raised? With what kind of body will they come? How foolish. What you sow does not come to life unless it dies. And when you sow, you do not plant the body that will be, but just a seed, perhaps of wheat or something else. So it will be with the resurrection of the dead. The body that's sown is perishable. It is raised imperishable. It is sown in dishonor, it is raised in glory, it is sown in weakness, it's raised in power. It's sown in natural body, it is raised a spiritual body. For the perishable must clothe itself with the imperishable, and the mortal with immortality. And when the perishable has been clothed with the imperishable, and the mortal with immortality, then the saying that is written will come true, death has been swallowed up in victory. Where, O oh, death, is your victory? Where, O oh, death, is your sting? The sting of death is sin, and the power of sin is in the law, but thanks be to God, he gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. It's a pretty simple analogy, isn't it? There's corn seed, and then there's corn stalks, and they look completely different, but you don't get one until the other is buried in the ground and then springs up to new life. The resurrection body is not the same as what we have now, and, and thank God for that, what dies and rots and doesn't last, our mortal bodies, is raised something strong and glorious and eternal. And thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. So if you meet someone who, who has this zombie picture of the resurrection of the body, let them know that that's just a, a Hollywood Halloween image. The real thing is nothing like that. The real thing is about the dead living, not the living dead. Now, there's a lot of other kind of Halloween-sounding weird words and stories in the Bible. We don't have time to cover all of them, but, but I kind of want to end this, this message by, by looking at some words that have 
confounded even some of the good Christians here at Resurrection Church. A month or two, we started singing a song. A month or two ago, we started singing a song at the 10 o'clock service called Ravel. And it's a fun song. It's filled with hope. And it's based on the image of skeleton bones rattling together. Now, how's that for a Halloween image? And it says, this is the sound of dry bones rattling. This is the praise makes a dead man walk again. Open the grave. I'm coming out. I'm going to live. I'm going to live again. This is the sound of dry bones rattling. Now, those are pretty words, pretty weird words for a church song. It's not holy, holy, holy. But it comes directly from an image in the Bible, the valley of dry bones in Ezekiel chapter 37. And I'll read it to you and you consider it, consider it your uh, Halloween story. But before I read it, um, know that this is an experience that Ezekiel had. Uh, it's a spiritual experience, a, a vision, so to speak, that, that God uses to teach a lesson about hope and restoration and new life. Listen to Ezekiel's story. The hand of the Lord was on me, and he brought me out by the Spirit of the Lord, and he set me in the middle of a valley. It was full of bones. He led me back and forth among them, and I saw a great many bones on the floor of the valley, bones that were very dry. He asked me, Son of man, can these bones live? I said, Sovereign Lord, you alone know. Then he said to me, Prophesy to these bones and say to them, Dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. This is what the Sovereign Lord says to these bones. I will make breath enter you. The word breath is the same word as spirit, by the way. And you will come to life. I will attach tendons to you and make flesh come upon you and cover you with skin. I'll put breath into you and you will come to life. Then you will know that I am the Lord. So I prophesied as I was commanded. And as I was prophesying, there was a noise, a rattling sound, and the bones came together bone to bone. I looked and tendons and flesh appeared on them and skin covered them, but there was no breath in them. Then he said to me, prophesy to the breath, prophesy, son of man, and say to it, this is what the sovereign Lord says, come breaths from the four winds and breathe into these slain that they may live. So I prophesied as he commanded me, and breath entered them, and they came to life and stood up on their feet, a vast army. Then he said to me, Son of man, these bones are the people of Israel. They say, our bones are dried up and our hope is gone. We are cut off. Therefore prophesy and say to them, this is what the sovereign Lord says. My people, I'm going to open your graves and bring you up from them. I will bring you back to the land of Israel. Then you, my people, will know that I am the Lord when I open your graves and bring you up from them. I will put my spirit in you and you will live and I will settle you in your own land and then you will know that I, the Lord, have spoken and have done it, declares the Lord. God speaks these words to Ezekiel who's, who's living in exile in Babylon after his country has been overrun. God's temple has been destroyed. The people have been taken captive and they feel like there's no hope. 
like they're just dry bones. You ever felt like that? You ever felt like there's no future? Things can never get better. You're cut off. You're just a bunch of dry bones. Well, the sovereign Lord says to you, my people, I'm going to open your graves and bring you up from them. I will put my spirit in you and you will live. The rattle of dry bones isn't the rattle of of a Halloween skeleton blowing in the wind. It's the sound of those dry bones coming together in new life through the power of God's breath, God's spirit. That's what we sing about in that song. The rattle means that God is bringing what is dead to life. And God will do it at the resurrection, yes, but God will do it today too. God will do it even now. Even now the Lord is bringing new life to you and me. Even now the Lord is restoring hope. You want to know how how serious Jesus is about bringing new life? Well, just look at probably the most Halloween of all the the stories of Jesus. The story of the raising of Lazarus. Do you remember that story? Lazarus and his sister Martha and, and Mary are friends of Jesus. But Lazarus gets sick and before Jesus can get there he dies. And Jesus takes another four days to get there. And when he arrives, Lazarus has already been wrapped in cloths and put in the tomb. And after four days, he's starting to stink because that's what dead bodies do. And Mary and Martha, they feel that all hope is gone. They had some hope before he, before he, he died, but now that he's been buried for four days, they feel like there is no hope. They feel like they've died too. And then Jesus shows up and listen how, how John describes that in chapter 11. When Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went out to meet him, but Mary stayed at home. Lord, Martha said to Jesus, if you'd been here, my brother would not have died. But I know that even now God will give you whatever you ask. And Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. Martha answered, I know he'll rise again in the resurrection at the last day. And Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live even though they die, and whoever lives by believing in me will never die. Do you believe this? Do you believe this? Do you believe that dry bones can live again? Do you believe that what looks dead can live? Do you believe that Jesus is the resurrection and the life and whoever believes in in him shall live and never die? Do you believe that there is life for you in Jesus Christ even this very moment? Then the rattle that you hear is God's work in you. The breath that you feel is the Holy Spirit filling you. And the ghost that, that you meet today is not some kid in a costume, but it's the Holy Ghost. Come Holy Spirit, come even this Halloween day and bring us life. Let's pray.
Lord, we know that tonight there's going to be a lot of kids running around in costumes. They'll dress up like skeletons or ghosts or, or zombies. We pray that you'd keep them safe, that you'd watch over them. But Lord, we know that that's make-believe and pretend, and, and yet you offer us something even more amazing than scary things on Halloween. You offer us your spirit. You offer us the Holy Ghost. And you offer to raise our dry bones to life. Yes, in the resurrection at the last days, but, but even now, even now. So fill us with your breath. Fill us with your spirit that we might praise you that we might go forth today filled with your Holy Spirit, giving evidence to all that you live. Thanks be to you, O oh God. Amen.